Welcome to episode 320 of Sports on the Hill podcast. This is Robbie reporting live. Um, I have a fun uh, show planned. Uh, the show is called episode 320, Caps win a thousand home games, Commander's Victory Monday, and Wizards live game. Uh, so we'll be discussing all of those as well as the live Monday night football game. Um, so far, the game is going pretty badly for the Wizards. Um, we're right now down 138 to 111. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not looking good. There's 630 left in the fourth uh, quarter in that one. Uh, so I was going to put it, the scoreboard live on screen, but I don't know if I still want to do that at this point. Uh, we missed the first free throw, made the second one. Again, it's now 112 to 138. If it gets within 20 points, maybe I'll put the scoreboard up um, on, on screen. But uh, I'm live, joined uh, by Gil and C4. I'll bring Gil in first. How are you doing tonight, Gil? Oh, not too bad, Robbie. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, for sure. Um, we had a really fun episode last week uh, where we had to have all four of us together. Anna is taking the night off, but let people know um, what happened uh, this week on the Power Play Point podcast with you and her. Yeah, so it was another two-in-one week for the Caps. Uh, we went over the uh, the three games uh, since the last recording, including the one um, against the uh, the Sharks. Uh, that took place on Sunday uh, since our previous episode recorded on Saturday, the Saturday before previous episode. Um, and the, uh, the two games that uh, we're going to cover tonight after that, that took place after that. Um, and we also, uh, towards the end, we'll also ta uh, talk about uh, a little, uh, a little thing because, uh, because we're, you know, we're into the community uh, and a lot of our loyal listeners um, are having to be veterans of uh united states armed forces uh so we've mentioned a little bit a couple a couple of organizations that uh benefit veterans uh so encourage people to look into that and donate to them uh purple heart foundation disabled american veterans so uh since it's uh, that time of year again veterans day coming up uh being observed uh the 10th this year um uh, mentioned that as well nice um, all right, and we're going to bring in now C4, Sherlyn Forrester. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long Monday, but not bad, all in all. Yeah, doing... it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting week for us to break down. Um, you know, one good game, you know, one not so good game. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to kind of rip the Band-Aid off pretty quickly. Uh, so why don't we just go ahead and, and, and do that, and then we can uh, get into the second game, which is a, a little bit better. Um, so, Gil, uh, let's break down the scoring in this first game. Um, yeah, so the one um, that took place since uh, um, this show last aired uh, was uh, the Thursday, it was last Thursday um, after the long layoff against the Islanders. Um, and the scoreboard uh, says it didn't go well, but other indicators said say that the Caps actually had a decent game. Um, to me, it's a little bit debatable, but, um, well, you never want to start a game where uh, you fall behind 22 seconds in. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, seeing eye puck from the point from uh, Ryan Pollock uh, makes its way into the net, 22 seconds in. And uh, I got to say, I don't, I don't think the caps were looked ready that first shift. And um, they, 
they lo and behold, they would fall behind even further in the, in the second period, another goal by um, Holmstrom to put them down to nothing um, for the period. Um, and that's fortunately though, that that's kind of when they woke up, I think uh, not long after that uh, caps would get 32 shots on goal total. Uh, pretty, pretty good. They had their chances. They just, couldn't make the most of them, and um, some some has been made about. Uh, I'm going to do this for the benefit that we're on video. Uh, puck luck, um, and uh, Caps just didn't have any. You could say, uh, or didn't make enough of it. Uh, but but again, they had their chances, just couldn't put it away, couldn't get one past. Uh, uh, Varlamov, who uh, had had a great night, you got to say, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a, that kind of a game is what it turned out to be. I always like Varley too. I feel like he's kind of the one that you know we let get away. But I understand at the time, you know, he wasn't jiving uh, with the team, and, and there was issues. And uh, but I, I still love him from back in the day with those fun commercials with Ov and the chemistry that they had. But um, uh yeah it's tough when a previous goaltender like that comes in and uh, shuts you out like that see far worse from your thoughts on this game uh to be honest i didn't watch a whole lot of it um <laughs> i don't i'm, I'm, I I'm kind of, of in the same boat um yeah i i kind of watched some of the highlights i did see most of the first period and then we were kind of flipping back and forth between other things because we were getting frustrated um <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I don't blame you. I was kind yeah, of the opposite. I, I, started, was... I started watching it and then, uh, or no, I, I, sorry, I was busy and then I wanted to watch it, but it was already three, nothing by the time I was able to even tune in. I was like, so I watched a little bit of the yeah. third, but I was like, yeah, it's not, not so good, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, but... Just, it's rough when it happens so early as Gil was saying, it just, I feel mm -hmm. like that saps all the momentum from you. Well, one thing I hate about the schedule and we've touched on it in past episodes is, They'll have like two or three games in a row or like a back-to-back -back, and then they have four days and then they have a game and then they have two days in a game. And and this is historically, I've noticed for the team over the last couple of years, you have, our team does not play well if they have more than like two days between games. If they have three or four days between games, it, it's like their momentum just kind of, they tend to actually play better if they have games, you know, not necessarily back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, but you know, a game and then a day and then a game, maybe two days in a game. But I've noticed in the past, even the last couple of years, if they have more than two or three days between games, they tend to be really slow to start. And by the time they catch up, it's almost too late, a la this game, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I was a little bit worried about that last week, remember? I was like, wow, we had four mm -hmm. games and we, we saw – a different team when we're on this sort of like, you have to get a lot of games in, in a short period of time. And these breaks really seem to hinder us a lot. I just want to get Gil's quick thoughts on that. Cause I think it's a good point. Uh, no two ways about it. They came out flatter than uh, a bottle of soda that had been open for a month um, to start. And it showed, uh, we mentioned this on the episode uh, the news that they had gotten the day before about Nick Backstrom, which, uh, everybody knows and has been talked about to death um, and still is. Yeah, that certainly circles. didn't help. No, that that didn't help. Uh, that was that was a uh, big ass belly drop. And uh, even, you know, to the point mm -hmm. where Joe B and Locker both even said as much uh, on mm -hmm. air. 
they noticed yeah. the uh, atmosphere was extremely subdued the practice yeah. before and uh, if, if, if it's that obvious to them, then uh, th that had to affect the mentality. And, you know, when, when you let yourself start slowly, you, you end up chasing the game. And again, this is, this is not a team that does that very well. No. Um, and never has, but even more so now that, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. things are in transition as, as we, uh, you can say, but yeah, it, it's, combine all that it was the perfect storm and you you got what you got and it again it can be argued that they put up an effort 32 shots on goal again not bad but you know it's it's six of one half dozen of the other you no puck luck uh not yeah. making enough puck luck yeah know. so it's it's one of those quantity versus quality things you know what i'm saying you can have 32 shots but if they're not high danger shots Again, right. you know, so it's, it's like you said, it's that puck making luck, not making luck, getting the luck, whatever it is. Yeah. I, what would be useful if, uh, if, if we could pull up a heat map uh, of, of, of the game, especially um, in the second and third period of the caps uh, scoring chances that, that would, that would really tell the story of, you know, what, what kind of chances they got, but you know, natural stat, trick is uh, uh pretty good that they they have that kind of stuff there or advanced statistics and visuals and that that kind of thing so if you're curious about that they should have that but yeah, yeah that, that's what I it came that down to they, they now project some of those stats onto the ice during the intermission did you see that c4 so i heard that they were starting to do that at the games um honestly i don't really pay attention much to what's going on in the i saw something like i saw social media yeah but I, um i that's fair though honestly i'm either out in the hallway or talk whatever i don't necessarily pay attention unless it's like the mites on ice and i tend to watch that that's true uh, the Jets are trying a 47-yard field goal attempt. There's a live game that we're watching there. Let's see if they can make it. Uh, 47 yards, it is up, and it is good. Uh, it's now 14-3 to in that game. A lot of miscues by the Jets early. Um, two fumbles uh, in the Chargers' uh, um, side of the field and led in a big, I think it was 80-plus yard uh, punt return for a touchdown on one of those two touchdowns. So uh, a little bit rough start for them. It's 122 to 141 um, in uh, the Philly game. Philly is still up one uh, up over the Wizards in that live game. And welcome in, Titan Rising KM, or Casey, as we know him on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see you uh, join us. Uh, Bullet Acoustic is joining live. Uh, we've had a lot of other people using some of the Redeems. Uh, my dad is in chat as well. Uh, so I appreciate everyone for tuning in and being a, a part of this. I will just quickly say, and we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of the segment, uh, we have a big uh, get-together coming. Coming up um, in a couple of weeks, uh, C4 mentioned that she was going to a game, uh, Hockey Fights uh, Cancer, uh, on the 18th. Uh, it's a good cause. I've been to those games before. Um, and I had another friend contact me saying uh, he's a big uh, CBJ fan and he wanted to actually go with me to the game this Saturday. Uh, but I couldn't because I was actually working an event myself uh, for my school. It was a very successful event. I'm happy that it went well. Uh, but I was like, oh, let's look at the next game. And then I was like, oh, let me like ask you guys 
if you want to do it. And then C4 is like, oh, that's the game I'm going to. And then I asked Gil. And so we're going to do a whole get together. Uh, so it'll be our first uh, time doing a meet and greet. So people come out to section 426 uh, during the intermissions of the game on the 18th against Columbus. We've got nine people in our row and C4 has got three in her row. Um, and then other mm -hmm. people we know, like Grant Green and others are going to be there as well. So I think we might get close to 20 people. So uh, it might be a, a really fun event. Uh, tickets are still available. That's why I'm letting you guys know now if you're listening. Um, so uh, November the 18th, uh, there's a plenty of seats in the 400 section. Come over and Bill's just walk laughing. around. And, uh, um, you know, he's laughing because we were sold out for so many years, but we're not anymore. Yeah. Uh, but but take advantage of that. These tickets, you know, with fees were right around 60, 65 bucks. So it's very reasonable uh, to mm -hmm. go to a hockey game and heck you can come out and meet us. And uh, I think that'd be kind of a first and we're going to try it out and we might do a couple this year and see how it goes. Um, and uh, I, I'm excited to to have people uh, join us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see you, Casey. So how's everyone doing? Uh, so it's, uh, it's been a, a fun night so far. Uh, Gil, um, any quick thoughts on, on the get together and then uh, let's break down this other Columbus game. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's not just the irony that, uh, uh, they, they, they lost their consecutive, uh, sellouts. Uh, but, um, I don't know if uh, anyone on Twitch or, or Facebook, uh, may, perhaps Twitch, but, uh, I don't, know, uh, if any, uh, anyone, uh, viewing or listening to us is a fan of the, uh, of, uh, the, the Mr. Bean, uh, Rowan Atkinson, mm -hmm. uh, commit, uh, <laughs> comedy shorts, but, um, yeah. section four, two, six, I knew that number sounded familiar. Um, uh -oh. yeah, there was a Mr. Bean special <laughs> where the hotel room where he checked out was number four, two, six. I knew that number stuck out in my head for a reason. And that, oh, that's no. why I was laughing just now. So, <laughs> okay, you're gonna have yeah. to find that clip and post it. <laughs> yes, you have to let us know. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So, um, no, it's funny. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Um, no, I like it. You know what's cool about uh, our arena is there's not really any bad seats in no. the whole entire thing, mm -hmm. and so we'll be. You know, very close to the action on one side, far away from the other. But, you know, I've gone to hockey games from, you know, up there in the 400s in that section. And it's fine. You know, like um, mm -hmm. there's a couple in the corners that I wouldn't particularly love. But as long as you're in one of the end zones or you know, in the middle, you know, it's it's all pretty good. So anyway, last shout out. But anyone who wants to come and meet us at that game, you know, feel free to we'll, we'll do some posts in the Power Play Point podcast group. Uh, and the link for that is in the Facebook post of this as well. Uh, and uh, it's also in the Gill command, which I'll do right now. Uh, so if anybody's watching it on Twitch, um, they can get there as well. We do, we'll do more posts as we get closer to that game. But I wanted to give everyone plenty of time to get tickets if they'd like. I got ours today. I was impressed we could get nine together in a row, which is probably the biggest I've ever gotten in a row at a Caps game. Um, and directly in front of me, and I got my tickets like, at the start of the season so yeah exactly and it's literally in front of you three of our in our yeah. is in front of three of you know yours so we can like yeah. high five Ho you and stuff Ho like that hockey anything. fights cancer night is one of those games i will go to every year it's i will i could be on my deathbed and i'm going to that game yeah. so <laughs> for sure i um 
I, I've gone to it a couple of times. It's a really powerful night for sure. And I think it's a good way to support, you know, a lot of us have dealt with people dealing yeah. with cancer over the years, unfortunately. Yeah. And a so... couple of years, the first year we went after my husband died, um, my son, they were doing interviewing fans in the hallway and then they ran the the video up on the scoreboard during the third period. And my son actually got interviewed. And so he was up on the scoreboard and, and he so. and he's going with you, I think, right? And, yes, yeah, uh, me and my son and um, Marcus from the Facebook page from the will be there as well. So nice, yep. And then from this group will be Opposite the three of us, us. Uh, and then I also have uh, Arun and Tim who will be on the show later tonight. Uh, will be with us as well. Uh, and then my good friend Leslie, who's been a friend of mine since you know we were in the fourth grade together. We used to have Commanders season tickets uh, together, and we've gone to so many Capitals games over the years. And Tim and I have gone to so many Caps games over the years too. And I haven't been able to go to a game since COVID with either of them. So it'll be fun to have both of them. Uh, we're bringing Hi. a Columbus Blue Jackets fan with us. Uh, he's from uh, that area, and he's a big fan of the Capitals too. Those are kind of his two teams. So um, I'm excited to go to a game with him because I've never gotten to see a game with him. Uh, and we've got other great guests as well. It'll be fun to catch a game with both of you. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. But we'll have more about that next week as well. But I just wanted to kind of put that in there. Uh, speaking of Columbus, we'll use that as our segue. Gil, talk about this much better game against Columbus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was uh, it, it was indeed a much better game, um, at least uh, as far as the actual result. The 2-1 win against the Bluge. Um, so uh, breaking down the scoring... Um, you had, uh, well, it was kind of, kind of a bit of a bizarre beginning. Um, Tom Wilson actually ended up with a breakaway, um, about, I want to say about, uh, several minutes into the period and, uh, he was interfered with and the ruling on the ice was a penalty shot. And, um, so, uh, he got a chance at that and, um, well, um, I love Tommy and uh, with with uh, at the risk of incurring the wrath of my broadcast partner, the mermaid Anna Knox. Um, uh, well, OK, so to her credit, she admitted this, too. But um, Tom Wilson does a lot of things. Well, uh, penalty shots may not be one of them. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, he went in and he kind of set up this backhand type of thing or was trying to, but it didn't quite come off the way he wanted, I think. And it, it was kind of a muffed attempt really. So that didn't score, but good news later on, a few minutes later, he would actually score and put the caps up to uh, one, nothing at 1221. So he would end up getting the opening goal. And then uh, exactly five minutes later, Sonny Milano gets his second. Uh, that was Tom Wilson's third of the year, by the way. Uh, he gets his second, um, and Rasmus Sandin got an assist on this one, his first of the year. He really should have gotten an assist on the Wilson goal as well. Because if you look at the replay, he he more or less sets up that play to to get Wilson the puck. Um, but uh, Milano gets his second five minutes later, and this ends up being the winning goal. Uh, Jensen and Sandin on the assist on that one, who uh, the both of them, I think uh, they this was probably the best game they both had so far, uh, each of them. Um, Blue Jackets get back one at 138 in the second. Uh, Voronkov, his second. Uh, Marchenko and Juracek, the assists on that one. Uh, and then it was Charlie Lindgren, uh, Lindgren time. Uh, Chucky Sideburns uh, pretty much uh, picked up the game. 
Uh, about halfway through the third period, ran away with it, stole it, and uh, put it in the, the concrete vault and never to be seen again. Um, he was absolutely lights out the last 10 minutes of the game. Got to give him credit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he made the key stops that sometimes you, you just don't get. Uh, and they haven't got, but, uh, he, he made it, he stood tall and, um, really won the game for the caps. If you think about it, because, uh, the, the, the offense just kind of fell off a cliff those last 10 minutes and they just weren't generating as many chances. The blue jackets managed to tilt the ice and caps just didn't have an answer, but, uh, Lindgren was, was absolutely fantastic, um, those last 10 minutes and, and, uh, turned away. Uh, let's see, it was 14 shots total for the blue jackets in that period alone. So got, he got them all. And, uh, he, he was uh, easily the number one star of that game. Yeah. So a couple things, uh, I was starting to look ahead at the upcoming schedule, about, and we're going to have to play Florida next and they're playing Columbus right now. So I thought that was an interesting barometer. Um, yeah, and, they're uh, t- they're currently tied at the end of the third. So it looks right, like exactly. It was, tied. it was, yeah. And it's funny is when I looked at it, it was, you know, four or three, um, and they scored in the third period of 1903. So it was, you know, four seconds left in, um or so left in uh or sorry with 56 seconds left in the period um so very little time left and it's funny as i was looking it up the score bot on twitch came up with that score so uh shout out to the score bot for letting us know in chat before i could even find it on my phone um and uh so the wizards i do want to also announce that they have lost this game uh 128 to 146 uh, in their game. Uh, so that game is going to overtime, which is good. It'll tire them out, hopefully, in the sense of, you know, that being our next opponent. Florida's been very much up and down uh, this whole season. You know, win two, lose two, win one, lose one. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. kind of back and forth for them. Uh, they haven't been very consistent throughout the whole entire uh, season. Going into some of that, uh, well, I'll get – I'll I'll get C4's thoughts on the other game first, but I do want to get her thoughts on this one as well. Um, but C4, first, what are your thoughts on the Columbus game? Um, I wasn't even home for that one. I was at a big-ass bonfire with a bunch of friends. So <laughs> I just was following it on the app. So I'm just... Um, but looking at the recap, um, yeah, I'm kind of with Gil. We, it looks like we started out well and then kind of, which again, this is typical of this team. We either start really well and kind of fade off or we start really bad and pick up. And it's like that whole, it's that 60 minutes of hockey thing we got to yep. play, you know, we just, we're just not there yet. Um, and again, I don't want to throw it on Nikki, but I mean, there have been a lot of adjustments this year. I mean, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to lean on that as a crutch, but um, you know, again, I, and I'm not worried about this team. This team is going to be okay. Um, you know, but it's too early in the season still. Ask me, you know, end of summer, beginning of January, when we're getting close to mid season, then I'll start being like, okay, let's, let's start thinking about some things, you know, as we get closer to the trade deadline and the all-star break and stuff. Okay. We need to start thinking about what we need to do to make sure this team is okay this year so i didn't really see this game 
Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really see much so, of it either. I, I did watch the highlights. Um, I think Gil did a pretty good job of breaking that part down. Um, I really did want to watch this game, but obviously I was working that night, uh, which is why I couldn't go to it. Um, but for the same reason, I, w- I couldn't uh, right. really watch it live. Um, so let's just move on to the, the Florida game. Uh, so Gil, I'm happy that they're being tired out, but it's still a lot of days before the next game, which has been our kryptonite. What do we have to do against this Florida? Again, it's Wednesday at 7.30 is the start time for this next game. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a Florida team that's struggling to find some consistency, um, which is kind of a surprise given, you know, their Stanley Cup run um, or, well, uh, attempt at it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Last year that, that uh, unfortunately for them, fizzled out against the, the Knights. Um, I, I kind of thought they'd come out better this year, but I, I think uh, – I uh, I don't know. It it might be it might be a case where uh, they got the hangover without benefit of you know you know drinking the actual champagne, um, which can happen when you get to the finals and you don't expect it to happen. But um, it it that gives me thoughts that uh, uh, you know Caps have a chance if they I want to say if if they play their game. But part of the problem with the Caps is they haven't figured out what their game is yet. Right. Um, and they've we... been throwing another wrench with Mickey out now. So yeah. That's yet another adjustment they have to make. Well, so... I, I think I think they figured that figured that part out. It's just a matter okay. of it's it's a matter of getting Connor McMichael his time at second and or third line center. Um, which is kind of funny because I thought he was doing fairly well playing the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but center is his natural position. So I right. think the more time he gets at that and, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Blue Liner said, mentioned this uh, on a post she made uh, at the Facebook page when, you know, the announcement occurred is that it is his natural position. So that's where he belongs. So th- this is his chance. You didn't yeah. want it to happen like this. Nobody wanted yeah. it to happen like this, but uh, unfortunately, this is or fortunately, this is the natural progression of things. So, yeah. I, I think that that'll be key. Um, now, from a leadership standpoint, yeah, it is. It's still it, it's going to have a ripple effect for a while. So somebody somebody is going to have to step up. Um, Wilson, Oshi, they're both, you know, splitting time with the the second A. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately they're still trying to figure out who they are and what their game is. Um, yeah. I don't, I haven't really heard anything as to who's going to start in goal. I don't think it's going to really make a whole lot of difference. No. Um, but you know, as, as long as, as long as the defense does what it's supposed to do and the, you know, again, encouraging signs in the blue jackets game from before, is that they did, you know, Sandine, you know, didn't look out of place, didn't look out of position, moved the puck very well. Jensen finally has his legs under him. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I just, I just hope that, you know, the, the, I think that's going to be the key to this game is the defense needs to have their legs under them. Um, no matter what, what six gets thrown out there. Yeah. Um it's it's yeah. been it's been a kind of a strange combination. Um, they platooned Alexeyev and Yo- Johansson and uh, Hamanoktel 
they need to figure out that bottom part because that. Yeah, I, that's that's to, a challenge. They need to figure but out you, who's playing those minutes. Yeah, well, Florida won a minute twenty-five in overtime. Berhage just scored the scored the game uh, winner. I can't stand him. So no. <laughs> I, I'm tired him of him. Him and Kachuk. I just don't like either one of them. I Kachuk I respect because he, he plays the game the right way. That's true. I just uh, don't like him. Ver, Verhage is is the five year old kid that you know sneaks in the back door and steals the cookies. Yeah. So, so yeah, he scored the game he scored the game winner at one twenty five in overtime. Yeah, so um it looks, according to Sportsbot, uh, it looks like the Maple Leafs are tied with the Lightning 5-5 um, at the end of overtime. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that game goes to Gil's yeah. favorite, the shootout. Um, yep. So, and then I'm going to kind of lump the next two in just for timing because we only got about seven minutes left of the segment. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, the Devils and the Islanders again. So it's two teams that we've already uh, faced recently. We had beat New Jersey 6-4 in that crazy game a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, the Islanders, uh, uh, we just lost to 3 nothing that we just talked about. Uh, both these games are going to be on the road. Uh, so pretty easy trip to go from Jersey to, um, you know, uh, the Islanders. Um, and then uh, so looks like that game is going to be on ESPN plus um, the uh, oh, no, it's they're on monumental sports, too. OK, that's good. Okay. Uh, the sports. I hate that when they're on just one. But yeah, anyway, now they at least at least they're on both. So. Uh, and the Florida one is going to be on TNT and on HBO Max, just so you know, as uh, since it's not going to be on uh, Monumental Sports for that one. Um, so anyway, at Florida, then at Islanders, back-to-back, we talked about how that might help them a little bit. Gil, what are your thoughts on uh, back-to-back division rivals? Well, a uh, quick quick note about the uh, coverage of the, uh, the, the game on the 10th against the Devils. Uh, the app says Monumental 2. So if you if you've heard if you've heard uh, Joe B and Locker mentioned uh, the plus, um, that's the alternate channel. Um, right. For, Usually for, because the Wizards are on the other they, one. Right. Yeah. Usually because the, Wizard, the Wizards are, are playing on the prime channel because they will have a home game and home games between the two of them gets priority because they have yes. to get one. Correct. So, yeah. So bit of a programming note yeah. for those of you who right. are fortunate enough to get that channel uh some uh, uh, i know uh are not uh cannot um there are ways around that but um yeah, there are. we'll talk yeah. about that if, you can d- if dms will help you you know <laughs> yeah i was it, gonna say if you have if you have direct tv if it's 642-1 yeah and i think that youtube tv does have it i just haven't been on that part of it yet but i'm sure i also have espn plus so i'll, I'll get it somewhere or another um but uh Yes, yeah, so that'll be uh, uh, an exciting back-to-back. But, Gil, quickly, your thoughts on uh, the difficulty level of playing those two sort of yeah. steady teams? Right well, there. yeah, the, the the crazy game from uh, two weeks ago, I do not expect a repeat of that. Um, that was probably a, a once-in-a-thousand-year type of thing. Um, I think the Devils are going to come out very, very much ready Um uh, of course, uh, 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 Jack Hughes, unfortunately, uh, had that injury uh, a few games ago. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's been uh, he's returned to the ice yet. So that'll be a factor. But even without him, they have uh, probably the I've said this a lot, probably the best top two lines forward lines in the league right now. Um, so they're they're a threat regardless. So I I think um, they ought to steal themselves. I'm I hate doing this. I really do. But I'm I'm going to be more of a realist this year. I'm going to chalk this up as a loss. Uh, I think New Jersey's going to be very very much ready. I think what the Caps should do is is just brace themselves in this game, kind of conserve their energy for the next one um, on the 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the very next night, which is you know even though it's a short trip, it is a back-to-back game. Uh, and this one's probably more winnable because um, on paper, the Islanders don't have as much firepower, but uh, as we've seen, you know, you make a mistake, they'll take advantage of you. Um, so that'll be a 7.30 puck drop um, on the island. And um, I, I, I like their chances against this team. They got they got beat badly, and you know I think it's just a matter of even you know Sorokin Varlamov. I don't care, um, but if they if they go to the net more, take the eyes of the goalie away. I think they're starting to realize that, you know. And we said it, we said it on this ep- this show uh, last week after the Sharks game that that greasy goal that uh, Tom Wilson got. They need to do more of that. They're going to have to do more of that. Yeah, well, we've been want... saying that for a couple of years now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, again, it, it's more evident but, now than than yeah. ever. Yeah, um, Where, where's I, my canoe when you need them? them you know? yeah. Right? Yeah, they they've sort of been making the effort to do that this year a little bit more, I think. Um, but yeah they still they need to like i said they they tend to stop skating when they cross the blue line into the zone and it's like no and that, that keep that's going. the biggest thing and 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 i don't know if that's a carberry thing or if it's a holdover from laviolette that he hasn't been able to break yet or i i, I don't know how to fix it but it's I guys like... you've got the puck you've got open ice keep skating shoot the puck Somebody's coming to get the rebounder if it doesn't come back to you. And well, I'm not a I'd coach; like I don't to, pretend to be. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think it's a bad habit. They're they're trying to break, but yeah, they need they need to skate more. They need uh, net front presence a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, and th- they need to find that one guy who's willing to do that. And I I hate to say it, but I think I think you got guys who were banged up so badly that they you know might be a tad bit gun shy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope that's not the case, but they kind of look like it. Yeah. So you know, prove me wrong, guys. But you know, please. Yeah, uh, and then people are still concerned about Ovi. I did not see him in the last two games because I didn't see them, but I know there's still a lot of concern about Ovi. But. Ovi's going to do what Ovi does, you know? Yeah. He, he often gets up for these uh, games against division rivals, so I expect him to show up. What are your thoughts, Gil? Well, yeah, he he's uh, he went pointless, unfortunately, uh, this past week. But um, I, I, think, uh, I think you're going to sh- see him show up again. Uh, that top line needs to get going again. They really didn't yeah. th- these last couple games. And it, it showed it was, it was the difference almost uh, certainly in the loss. So uh, the top line definitely needs to get going again. Um, 
the bottom three lines, well, the, the middle two lines actually are, are okay, um, even with the transition, even with the change in the lineup. Um, uh, Matt Phillips, um, he needs to, he really needs to get going again because I, I fear that if he doesn't, then, um, you know, he might, he might prove why he got passed on, uh, all those years because, you know, I, I get that, you know, he's not going to make his living along the boards, but I, I don't know. He needs, he needs to do something. He you know, yeah, he he's, was, he's not Connor Sherry. No, he's not. And he, I, I get that you're, you're not going to be and able was, to do a whole lot with 11, 12 minutes ice time, but you need to do something. Uh, and he's been right. invisible these last three games. Yeah. And, uh, Mantha too. Yeah, I know. I was gonna I'm wear sorry. my Mantha. I was gonna wear my Mantha shirt tonight, he, but I was like, I, he, I can't. He, please give me a reason to wear that shirt. Like, I just wanted to have one good week so I can wear it. Like, just something. Yeah. Like, it's just it kills me. Um, but it, it's pretty tough. Um, we are I running have... a l- little short on time because we're gonna be oh, going okay. to the next segment in just a minute. But I just yeah. wanted to let you guys be aware of that. Um, okay. but um, it, it's been a, a great conversation. I do think yeah. that it's going to be a very interesting week, but. Uh, C4, give me your final thoughts on these upcoming uh, last two games against division rivals. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with Gil on New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey seems to have our number. There's been, you know, last year, the last game of the season, we were up four nothing, and they came back and beat us five four at the third period or second end of the second into the third period. So New Jersey, that game could go either way. Uh, the Islanders, I think. We're, I want to see them coming out, getting looking for revenge for that loss. We should not really, on paper anyway, we should have not have lost that game. Florida, that's going to be a tough one to call. It's just going to depend on which team shows up, I think. But again, this team with four or five days of rest doesn't play as well as it does if it has fewer days. So. Yeah, I'm hoping this back-to-back thing you know, gets their uh, butts in the gear. Yeah. Um, well, I did notice looking ahead into December, January, the games are closer together. So hopefully that'll spark something. For sure. I think we just sure. lose. I think we just lose momentum when we have that much time between games. So. I agree. I think um, hopefully these lines start to gel and we start to see better. With that, I think we're going to end our hockey segment with that. But um, C4 and Gil, you guys have been great as always. We'll have you guys back on next week uh, to recap uh, these three exciting games and to preview uh, two games the following week, one of which we will be going to. So again, check our Facebook page out. We'll have the section number and all the information. Uh, if you want to do join us for the meet and greet, you can join C4 and Gil and myself. Uh, we'll all be in section 426 on uh, the 18th of November. I'm excited to have our first meet and greet at a hockey game. That should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, definitely go check out the, our podcast partners uh, button on Sports on the Hill podcast, um, sportsothp.com. Uh, and if there you can, uh, from there you can get all of the links, including to the Power Play Point podcast um, and our uh, uh, our team Sports OTHP link has Gil and Anna's links that also has our, their Facebook page and all the other stuff, which I also put in chat and is also in the description of our Facebook. But thank you, C4 and Gil, and we'll talk to you guys You're next welcome. week. welcome. All, all right. Sounds thank good. You. Good night. Night. All right. With that, I'm going to change some of these graphics real quickly and welcome in uh, Hurt. How are you doing, Hurt? Doing all right. How are you? 
I'm doing okay. Um, we were just talking real quickly about uh, the fact that we're going to have our first meet and greet as a podcast. It's kind of a cool thing. Uh, we've definitely, I remember back in the day, had some of those networking parties um, you know, that you and Black GOP were at and Carol, um, uh, but we never actually ever had a, an event at a game before. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to do. Uh, and so uh, we have a lot of hockey fans. And so I thought that would be a, a fun first way to do that. And uh, yeah, we've got nine people in a row, three people behind us and a bunch of other people joining in and should be a fun night. So if anybody is listening and wants to join us again, November 18th, if you can catch some hockey at 730 at night, um, we're going to switch gears, switch into the football talk. I'm excited because we're finally back to Victory Monday. It's been a couple of weeks uh, since we've had Victory Monday. It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, had you on the show. Um, it seemed like both of these teams kind of wanted to give the game away. I, you can't be too excited about it, but it's still a win is a win. We had not won in New England in a very long time. Um, and we just don't really beat New England a lot in general. Um, so, Hurt, uh, break down uh, some of your thoughts on this game. It's always nice to win a game that you're supposed to win. And even though we were underdogs, I had us pegged for this victory all the way. Even with losing Montez and Chase Young, I had us pegged for this victory all the way. When we started off 10 nothing, and the Patriots came back on us, I'm like, this is becoming a trend. And at that point, I was driving back from Virginia Beach. I was listening to the game on the radio, so I couldn't see anything. But at that point, I'm like, this is now a fireable game. We lose this game after being up 10 nothing. Everybody can go. That's just how I felt. Uh, even with all of that, we were clearly the better team. Time of possession. The enemy's running the ball more. The defense is doing the best they can. You know, just what are you going to do when Brian Robinson gives him the ball on the other side of the 30? Not much you can really do. I felt like they played probably the best game they played besides the Philly game, all season. So for us to get the 2017 and the defense to hold them for the fourth quarter, I thought they played with a lot of grit. I thought they played with a lot of heart. They played for their coaches. They played for their pride. They played for their positions. They played for the guy next to them. And um, I'm, I am satisfied with this win. Yeah, let's go back to what you said at the beginning because I, I I don't want to bury the lead because it is probably bigger news than the the win is you know losing to you know of the franchise top players. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't think we could have kept both. I'm not even sure we could have kept one. With you know, we could have lost them for nothing. It kind of divided uh, Commanders Nation, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, on their feelings of it. I mean, obviously these two were fan favorites. They were locker room favorites. You know, they were good guys. It wasn't like they were bad players. Chase has gotten hurt a, a bunch. You didn't know about his health. You don't know, if, you know, ideally for what you, the, he should have brought back a two, but with the injuries in, in the last couple of years, it's hard to fetch that on an open market when they know teams know that it's a rental. Um, you know, Montez, you know, I'm happy we got a two uh, for that. I, I think that that's a pretty decent return because then the other team is forced to make the contract, you know, for him. I was impressed at how quickly the Bears were able to get that done. Um, I know that they 
you obviously have a contract in place before you sign somebody like that, you know, it's part of what you're doing, but he had said, or at least the rumor was that he wasn't going to sign anything. He's going to take a few days or, you know, some time to think about it. You know, he just gotten traded and that's all very reasonable. And then the next thing you hear two days later is he signed on the dotted line. Uh, so um, obviously as a contract that he couldn't refuse, but what are your thoughts on uh, losing both of those players, especially going into this game? I knew we weren't going to be able to re-sign uh, Montez Sweat. So when he went first, I was like, cool. You uh, let Montez go. You sign Chase. You keep Hill, who's proven that he can be a good utility player for either one of them. Cool. But when we got a third offered for Chase, I was, I was disappointed, but, and that's just what it was, disappointed, but. And what I've been telling people is this move wasn't, it was for the GM. It was for whoever the next GM is. We're going to be shopping for a GM this offseason. And part of the bargaining chip we say to the GM is, hey, we got $90 million under the cap. Every major player we need is already signed for another year at least, except for Cam Curl. And we have five picks in the first 100. That's very, very appealing to a GM. You have a quarterback in the future, $90 million, five draft picks. Someone can really come and put their fingerprint on this organization. And um, I'm hoping two or three of those are offensive linemen. I don't know. I just, we, we got to get a core group and we got to, Get them together. I don't know if you're going to get them through free agency. They're very expensive, you know, in today's market. Um, but I don't know. It's just for me is like he's been doing so phenomenal with getting sacked that many times. Imagine if we had the line like, you know, like and some time, you know, it's you just... know the, the revamping of the offensive line is a victory for Ron Rivera. The That offensive line now, like he. Took two weeks and got together, and they've given up what one sack in two weeks. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I just I imagine one injury or just one. I don't know. I just I'm not sold yet. It was so bad through the first. Like, why couldn't they correct it earlier? Why? How did they get to like almost forty sacks before they figured the shit out? Like, it's just mind-boggling to me i mean they just aren't giving him a chance and i mean and you take out some of those sacks and a couple of those key plays and a couple of questionable officiating calls you know we're in a different situation we may have six or seven wins at this point you know and it's it's frustrating because they're right near what what i at least had them at the beginning of the season i had them through the first 10 being five and five right if they were to win this next game they will be exactly that um and I had them going on a huge tear in the second half to make the playoffs, you know, at the very end of the season, you know, having a five or six game win streak. Right. And, you know, so they sort of set themselves up at 500 now, and then they make the big run, you know, final sprint kind of thing, which our coach has done before. He has had good Novembers and decent Decembers from time to time in the past. Um, what, what are your thoughts you know, going forward, you know, we got the Seattle game and you know, how do we sort of pivot some of this, you know, momentum from what we've learned from this game? We have proven that our weakness is stud wide receivers. Seattle has kind of a stud wide receiver. 
And um, I think that could pose some problems. If Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio can find a way to take, um, I forgot his name already, sorry. If they can take him out of the game, we can, I think this is a winnable game. It would have been more winnable with Chase. I think this is a game where you're really going to miss Chase and Montez Sweat. I think this is a game where you're really going to miss them. I think it's Taylor Lockett. Is that right? No. The wide receiver? Um, no. Him, he's going to be a problem too, but that's not who I'm talking there's, about. There's Jackson Smith. Is that? I'm just like a depth Christ. chart here. Nah, the tall guy. I cannot remember his name. Tishan, are you on? Because you he he probably know the answer. Um, Came Metcalf. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the voice yeah, of Tishan saving us. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm thinking about. I think he's going to be a bigger problem because I don't want to see him matched up with Emmanuel Forbes at all. At all. Yeah. Um, I who agree. Also, who also played a really good game. Yeah, I know. I think that the team played well. I It's just it's hard to know what you got against a New England team that's been really down on their luck. But again, you know, Belichick usually just rips apart new quarterbacks. I'm happy that, you know, our QB through the last five games has put up some of the best numbers, top five in numbers across the league in almost every statistical category. And, um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of question marks on him coming into the season. And I think he's been definitely the bright spot for us. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I was sold on him. And it's funny because I rooted for him in college, but I still didn't know if he's going to make the jump. You know, North Carolina isn't necessarily known as the you know feeder school for the NFL. Um, right. You know, so like maybe NBA, but not NFL. And um, so I didn't expect that. You know, I was hoping, you know, he was there in the fifth round. So he's, he's putting up, you know, good numbers and I'm excited that we can sort of build around it. Um, I'm wondering real quick, one last question before I know you have to go. Um, I, I saw Baltimore just destroy the Seattle team last week, right? Is there anything that we gain knowledge-wise from what they did? I know they're a very, very different team than us, but you know they are their most recent opponent, and they did obviously exploit some weaknesses in that yeah defense. Yeah. What do you think we can gain from that sort of game plan going forward? That if we run the ball, that we have a better chance against them. And that's something that the enemy does not want to do. Clearly, although he did it this game, good runs with AG, good guns with, runs with Brian Robinson. He did it a lot this game. I knew that was hard for him, but we need to run the ball more if we're going to beat Seattle. We need to keep their stud wide receivers off the off the field. We need to control time of possession and we need to cut down turnovers. That's the but that's the recipe for any victory in any in any NFL team. We had the pieces to do it, though. Yeah, I I hope we do. It's just funny because I feel like he doesn't get the running game or the screen games going in any game. Like it's like we get one or the other, and I'm like, oh, why can't we do both? Like why can't I don't you understand <laughs> that that screen game? Our screen game is it has the potential to be great. He just doesn't like that. I don't understand it. I mean, that's one of those plays where even if the team knows it's coming it still has a 50% chance to break from like 17, 18 yards. Yeah. I think about that end of the game where they just threw that route and I just couldn't understand why, you know, and instead of just running a screen and sort of like finishing them off, like 
they ended up, you know, putting it back to them, you know, because we didn't, you know, get a completion. But I just like, uh, we just have to do everything the hard way. You know, I just, it's very frustrating as a, a fan of this team. Like nothing ever comes easy. And I know that it wasn't supposed to ever be an easy game, but like we had opportunities to put them away and we didn't, and we never do. Like I, we never get a laugher. I want one game where we're like up two touchdowns at the end of the game and we can sort of like sigh relief. Like that just, and I get that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL, but it seems to happen for everybody else but us. I think that's coming in two weeks. I predict that against the Giants. You think so? Because it should have been that way the last time, and we fucking lost to them. You know, yeah, so like, and and the Giants had help. Well, they're going to have help again. Um, they definitely upgrade at quarterback now with Daniel Jones being, um, you know, out for the season. Um, but I think when we play against, I think. Regardless of what happens with Seattle, especially if we lose a Seattle, especially if we lose a Seattle, I think we are going to have that ha-ha game against the Giants. I'm looking ahead, but I'm telling you now, I think we run it up on the Giants. I think that's the game where we come into our own and get ready to go strong in November. You know, Ron's always been strong in November. He's not very strong in October or December, but he's always been strong in November. So... We'll see what happens with uh, Seattle, but our ha ha game is coming. I it's hope coming. so. We, we are we're owed as a franchise. <laughs> like I just we feel are. like we're due, right? Due theory. I don't know, but anyway, with that, um, I I don't know if you've been uh, posting on our, your YouTube or anything with you know anything like that, but feel free to shout out whatever you'd like to shout out before we let you go. Light versus lymphedema. The road trip goes up tomorrow. It is mixed. It is balanced. It is done. Life versus lymphedema, the road trip. Is the road trip to go to tomorrow? No. Car shopping goes up tomorrow. Car shopping <laughs> goes up tomorrow. The road trip goes up later in the week. I've got two episodes that are mixed and ready to rock. Um, I, I went on my first road trip. I bought a new car, which I'm going to chronicle me shopping for a car. And then I took it on its first road trip this weekend. And, um, you know, I want to get back to regular content and then, um, you know. I'm, ex I'm excited. I put the link in chat for people who are watching on Twitch. The, also, the link for all of her stuff is on uh, the description on the Facebook one. It will be in the show notes as well. And then um, we uh, have all of his information, obviously, on our website as well whenever we post a new episode on the show. But thank you so much. I'm excited for people to check out new content. I, I like your YouTube channel a lot. And uh, I like what you're doing over there. And I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit since we've gotten an update. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, definitely tomorrow around noon, it will be up. Sounds good. I appreciate you. Um, hopefully, we'll have a good game against Seattle, and hopefully, we'll have you back on next week. I think I think it'll be good for next week. Yeah, either right. way. Sounds good. All right, have All a good one. On. Talk to you soon. All right, All right. And that's that's hurt. Uh, one of our very first producers, um, uh, and the guy who gave us our break on our network. If people don't know, uh, he's uh, one of the founders of the True Radio Network. And uh, it's been uh, wonderful working with him all these years. Um, and uh, with that, we're going to bring in uh, Dujanay, um, and we're going to discuss a little bit more uh, in depth about this Commanders team. Um, it's been an interesting conversation so far. I do want to get some of your thoughts on some of the same questions I asked Hurt. Um, but I'll first start off by saying, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's uh, 
I was talking about in the hockey segment. I'm super happy to have our very first get together as a, a podcast. We've never done really before, like with the fans having a meet yeah. and greet. And uh, it'll be with uh, for the hockey game. I did want to do one with the commanders. Uh, has not happened yet. Uh, it still might in, in the future. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for anybody that is a, a hockey fan that's still listening right now. Uh, definitely come check us out November 18th. And uh, we're going to we have a whole section that we're, you know, took a whole row and people can come meet us. Tickets are cheap right now for hockey. I highly recommend yeah. um, uh, get them while they're cheap because you never know how long that's going to last. It's the cheapest I've seen tickets in the last decade. So um, it gives an opportunity. But, yeah, things have been going well. You know, the, the hockey team's been up and down. The football team finally gets this victory. Um, and, uh, it's a much needed one uh, to sort of get us back on the, on the right track. Uh, you know, Hurt said he had it as a win all the way through. I follow my dad's footsteps where I always bet against my team every week. You know, that way you're at least happy if you win, um, uh, or if you lose, at least you get the point and pick them. Right. So, yeah. um, I picked against us, uh, this week, uh, but we did win. How did you have it going into this game? Did you think we were going to win this one? I know we were a three point underdog going into it yeah i had them winning uh, i figured they find a way to win uh gut it out a little bit uh and and they they would find a way to win and they grinded it out and got themselves a win um you know like like you said very important for this football team and uh hopefully they can keep the ball rolling yeah it's um it was an interesting game. You know, we obviously went up 10 nothing early, and then they came back on us. It's something that Hurt alluded to that's happened a lot this season. What were your thoughts at that point? Did you think momentum is slide, or did you think that we were going to grab it back, or, you know, oh, no, it's we're happening again? You know, what, what are some of your thoughts on, on that? Well, I just knew that it just had to hold on, and uh, if they didn't hold on and they somehow would have lose this game – I, I had a feeling that this was a this was going to be a game that Jack was going to go home um, at that point because we have seen this a lot. Uh, and really, it's some of the same stuff that we see every week. And I, I'm really starting to think a lot of it is just scheme. Uh, you know, it, it's for whatever reason, you know, they keep having these instances where guys are just getting wide open uh, with nobody around. And again, the defense has lapses. It's like in the second half, they just have a tendency of giving up a lot of points. And, uh, you know, this time they were able to make some stops late uh, to keep that, to prevent that momentum from, you know, really taking over. But man, I tell you, it's, it, it's, uh, it is gut wrenching at times to watch this team, uh, especially when things uh, are going well. And then it just seems to kind of turn for the worse. So, um, yeah, I, I thought they were going to give it up, but uh, they managed to pull through. Yeah, I, um, I'm i happy they were able to pull through. It's weird to me. They're unable to put together two halves of football, it seems. Like, they yeah. play a great first half, and then it, like, nosedives. Or they're put to, you know, or they don't. You know, they come out just not prepared and then they're like clawing their way back into the game. And it's just like it's very frustrating that they can't just have some consistency to their game. Why do you think that is? Uh, I really don't. For the defensive side, I believe a lot of it is is the scheme and the calling of what of the defense. Um, 
sometimes I think he just gets a little cute. And some of it appears to be, for me, appears that um, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say guessing, but they're not reacting and they're thinking too much or they're asking one or two players on the back end to do way more than that they should. Um, Offensively, it's been really an offensive line issue and a Sam Howell issue. I have, you know, called for them to make the change uh, last week. They did that. They even made more changes this week. And those changes have seemed to stabilize this front, uh, you know, this, this front here. And now it's just a matter of the quarterback getting the ball out, not turning it over. And he's done a pretty decent job of that. So, uh, you know, you, you're going to expect the offense to to sometimes not work. Uh, like you alluded to earlier, some of it is just also the plays called it at the time that they're called. Uh, really didn't have to take that deep shot on third down. Uh, it was a third and pretty very manageable, and they could have taken a check down. They could have thrown a screen. There's several things they could have done to get that first down instead of chucking it uh, down the field uh, and taking a shot and and, re- and having to punt. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of it lies. And hopefully, especially defensively, they can get this stuff cleaned up. Um, you know, 17 points this week, not bad. But you, we all know on average what they've been giving up is in the 30s. So um, this trend has to continue. And hopefully, um, you know, the offense can get back to scoring a little bit more points like they have been, 28 to 31. Um, you know, you should be able to win a ball game like that. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because it's like, I don't, I don't know what to make of this team. Do you think the offensive line has fixed itself or do you think it's, you know, based on the teams that we're playing? I, I just don't, you know, I'd love to believe hurt and have, you know, that, that we've solved it. But then the questions are like, why did it take so long to solve this issue? You know, like it, it was a huge problem. We lost a bunch of games because of it. Do you think it's actually solved or do you think it's a bit about matchups? Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, I think they are on the right track. Um, you know, some of it with the offensive line is just based on combinations. And, um, you know, really it, it just took them long, too long to make that change up front to come up with a different combo. Uh, they were trying to make it work and hoping these guys would gel a little bit, but um, it never, you know, really came to be. So um, I think it's week to week and, this week, it was able to work for them, and I think the guys they have will continue to improve and uh, get another test, you know, this weekend as they play Seattle. Yeah. I want to give a quick little scoring update. The Jets did make a field goal, another 47-yarder. Um, I think it was 47 yards. That makes it 17-6. to six. They're clawing their way back into it. The Jets have had a rough game, a lot of turnovers early, a um, lot of mistakes. Um uh, good job there uh, where the guy had the ball in his hands and he's broke it up uh, to force a fourth down and the ball back. Um, but yeah, on a punt return, um, it, it's been a, a rough game for the Jets. Um, uh, so looking ahead to the Seattle game, um, you know, it's it's been a an interesting up and down year for them as well. 
Uh, obviously, the Ravens just kind of blew them out of the water. This game is going to be played in Seattle, which has always been a rough place for us to play. Um, it's a loud stadium, uh, and uh, they, they tend to play much better at home. What do you think uh, – Hurt mentioned about running the football, but in, in general, what what do you see should be the game plan, and how do you execute against a team like Seattle? Well, I think the biggest thing – offensively is to run the football. They ran it 29 times this past week. Um, I expect that they have to continue that. Um, that's got to be able to keep them off the field. Scoring is important. Uh, and being on top of them is important for the simple fact that keep the, the crowd out of it. Uh, we know how tough that crowd can be as far as playing in that stadium. And uh, defensively, it, it's – it's what you expect um, to take away their big guy, you know, their big target guy. Um, really, Tyler Lockett hasn't really had that much of an effect. Um, take away DK and stop the run. Uh, it's That's basically what they have to do. Um, it's not – honestly, it's not that – it's not that hard or complicated. Uh, but the execution has to be there, and that's that's what can be hard. Um, let's see, Seattle's like, they're 17th in points, they're 24, 21st in points allowed. Um, they have plus two in the takeaway column. Uh, you know, they're pretty much, their run game is 23rd. So it's, it's a doable thing. Um, and their defense passing 20th, uh, run defense is 21st. So. There, there's opportunity to be able to take advantage of their weaknesses and be able to put some points on the board, enough points uh, to win. Uh, your defense should be able to be able to make plays, um, and at least at the very least, uh, slow down the passing game. But that's where it's going to. That's where most of it's been biting the Commanders is the passing game. Uh, and those explosive plays. So if they can limit that and they can come out and build off of what they've been doing the last two weeks, uh, they have a good shot of winning this game. Yeah. How does uh, – made so many great plays. He needs to eat it, that one play. He just still made that one mistake that kind of frustrated me because the Carol and I were watching that game live and it was like, just throw it away. And we thought he was going to. He's like, he's making the right play. He's going to throw it away. And then he like – Oh, last minute changes and throws into that coverage. And just like, you got to come away with points going into that half. That could have been really bad. You know, because even three there gets you a huge amount of momentum going into the second half. We're lucky we're playing a very bad New England team that really right. try, tried to give this game away and more often than we did, I felt, in a lot of times. So, uh, especially at the end of the game, but just very that you can't do that against a good team, you know, that would have killed us. And, you know, so, uh, but I am very impressed. I mean, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, I know statistically the last five weeks, he's been some of the tops in the league. Uh, what are your thoughts on his progression? Well, I think he's the guy. I really do believe he's the guy. Um, his, his uh, ability to control the locker room. Um, he's very, smart and handling how he handles media. Um, you know, like you said, uh, there, there's going to be some growing pains 
that that throw in the end zone, you have to. There was nothing. There was literally nothing there. Uh, and I don't. I don't know what. The, what made him decide to throw that football? Because there really wasn't anything there for him to, to even gain, be able to gain anything out of, or or allowing his receiver to try to make the play. Um, he's over the past couple of weeks, he's getting the ball out quicker, so that's important, uh, and it helps cut down on, um, you know, taking these unnecessary sacks and unnecessary hits. Um, it, it's really helped out the offensive line, so uh, you know. He is progressing well, and the good thing is not just him, but the offense itself has been progressing week to week. I know Curtis Samuel was out this week. It was nice to see Diami Brown, uh, you know, be able to contribute, and uh, Doxson is starting to find his rhythm again and uh, is really, really making some big plays. And, uh, you know, you see why they brought over Byron Pringle. Um, You know, he was doing those types of things in Kansas City, and uh, he really came up big this week. Um, and, and it's just for the simple fact that he understands the offense. And he made himself an outlet for his quarterback. And that's important. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I think he's progressing quite well. And this offense is progressing uh, well also. Yeah. Um, Real quick question, changing sports topics for a second. Did you end up watching uh, the Crown Jewel this uh, weekend, or uh, did you not get the pay-per-view? I did not. I was out of town, went out of town for a little bit, uh, hanging out, me and the wife. So, no, I, I didn't catch any of Crown Jewel at all. I'll have to watch that back here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard um, it was good. I know that we don't have uh, Champ uh, here. He's with family tonight. Um, and uh, so uh, I wanted to at least uh, – you know, get, I, I thought it was interesting. I saw the results of it. I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of good. I, I was happy to hear um, uh, that Logan Paul kind of saved Ray Mysterio from a bad fall, you know, so yeah. like one, of the, one of the early kind of headlines. And um, so just thought that was kind of interesting, uh, but, uh, but we'll definitely try to get champ on, you know, next week and get his thoughts on, on these yeah. things. And uh, you know, family always comes first, you know, with when it comes to this show. Um, one last thing I wanted to to talk to you about. You had a great show this past week. And I hope that people go and check it out. Champ is actually on that show talking yeah. wrestling. Um, and it's a, it does a wonderful segment, and hopefully uh it'll be something that happens um more often because I, I love your guys' chemistry talking uh wrestling and stuff like that. But you also had an incredible guy on right afterwards. Um, his name was Rio, and uh, he is a super fan of the Commanders. Yeah. And um, I thought he was awesome. I, I was really became a big fan of his. I started following on his YouTube and watch his latest YouTube videos today. I've become a big fan of his. And I've actually been in conversation with him just, just today about having him join you and me on a segment, you know, and maybe one of the upcoming weeks and having the three of us uh, chit chat about it. But uh, let people know about your show this past week and uh, anything you got planned coming up uh, for this upcoming week. Yeah, that was fun. Uh Evan Rio on he he really knows his stuff and uh, he's kind of been uh you know uh a friend a fan of this uh you know sports journey and uh, has been on some live remotes as well so um you know it was really awesome to have him on um you know the wrestling coverage was awesome love that uh it's nice to be able to talk that and um uh, you know it's so much of it man <laughs> it's so much of it and wrestling's in a good spot right now so 
that was fun as well. Uh, this week, we're going to have uh, on top field driver Buddy Hull, and we're going to talk to him about his season, uh, the progressions and ups and downs of it, and uh, what he has planned for the future here uh, coming up for the 2024 season. And uh, we'll have Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. He's, uh, you know, the man of football game plan. Uh, he does CBS Sports uh, also. And uh, we're going to have him on talking some NFL. It was an electrifying week in NFL play. You know, guys like Josh Dobbs making plays, uh, you know, only have been there a couple of days. Um, you know, you see, uh, you know, a lot of teams – Coming back, it was a dog fight with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you know, just some fun stuff, you know, really propelling us through this middle part of the season as we, you know, start to get into close to the, uh, you know, the playoff time. So, uh, great, great week of football. And uh, hopefully, hey, you know, we've got to confirm that we're going to have commanders talk as we always do. And uh, we're trying to get uh, our family and uh colleague Seawall uh, on with us uh, this Wednesday. Uh, she's got to check her schedule, so that may change, but we're looking to have Seawall on as well to talk commanders. That would be awesome. Yeah, she is great. She had a show earlier tonight. Yes. Um, and people could go check out the replay of that. She's been having awesome coverage all season long. Um, so definitely shout out to Seawall. Um, so one thing that was really interesting, and just flipping through this, it seems that both teams we traded are stud defensive players that we, we, you and I haven't really had a chance to talk about. Um, didn't play this week, so we didn't get to see them on yeah. their new team, right? <laughs> like they, we sent them the two of the bye teams, which I thought was like a very so it gives each one of them an extra week to kind of get acclimated. Um, so it was kind of a nice gesture to them, you know, and yeah. Um, um real quickly before you go i do want to get your quick thoughts on letting those two go because i do get hurt's thoughts on them um since it was the biggest news story of the week what, what were your thoughts coming out of that i thought it was a very good move um it's something that washington hasn't done a very well in years um they got ahead of it this time uh they got a nice second round pick that's going to be very high that third round pick is knocking. I don't think it's going to be much. I was a little disappointed in the third rounder. Um, I do understand some of the parameters of why um, that is a third rounder. I, I I had been hearing that it was a conditional, but from what I'm understanding, it is a solid third round pick. So um, it is what it is, but they got value. And that's something that this team has. I mean, we can go back to the, Kirk Cousins deals and, and really they could have either signed him for a lot less than what they were looking at a few years later um, and, and wouldn't have to worry about him walking. And we've seen so many teams, uh, so many players with this team get an opportunity to walk and the team just gets a stupid compensatory pick. So um once for once they're ahead and it looks like you know management is looking to build but i don't think it's a i don't want to hear rebuild and i don't think it will be i just think it's more of a reload reset type deal um 
because we've seen it through the, you know, throughout the league. Uh, Philly does a good job of just simply reloading. Um, you know, we've seen teams get turned around in, in one year and uh, have success and, and make the playoffs. So um, I, I think Josh Harris knows exactly what he's doing in that group. And uh, I thought it was the right, right move. A lot of first round picks on that defensive line and you're, you're not going to allocate money to guys that um, to a unit that's really not producing the way that you want it to. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was good moves. I think Chase is going to benefit and, and so will Montez will, will benefit as well. Um, the only problem I had is Chase getting traded to the 49ers knowing he's got to come back here <laughs> and, and he's going to come back here uh, late in the year. And uh, you can bet Trent Williams is going to have him fired up for that game. And I believe this is the first game that Trent Williams will be back at FedEx That's as a, playing, uh, you know, yeah. actually playing. He has never been back to FedEx yet as and being in a game. So it, there's going to be a two-fold thing there. Um, but you know, it, it is people what are it getting is. mad at Chase for some of his comments. You know that he was saying that you know that that came out today. I I'm not mad at him for saying that he's with a better franchise. I mean, what are you supposed to say when you're in a new situation? And right. it's not wrong. You know, San Francisco. No. Look over the last five years, they're in a much better situation. You know, both in how they performed in the playoffs, but also going forward. You know where they yeah. are. So like. I don't blame him for saying any of that stuff. And I don't think he said anything particularly that bad. And, um, but it's just interesting that people want to be like, we'll show him. I'm like, well, good luck. I hope that we do, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't bet too much on that. So. No, I, I think that, you know, it, he's not wrong. And there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done uh, with this organization, and, you know, by having these, the owners that they have, that's uh that's the first step. Um, and then you just have to wait and see how everything comes together and uh whatnot. But he's a he's at a bona fide team. Um, like I, I I've been talking about it. They, you know, those guys up front, that front seven is gonna eat. Um, you know, Chase and, and Nick Bosa and, and Fred Warner, just just to name those three. Um it's gonna be tough. Well, I know <laughs> it's gonna be tough of, for opponents. I know a lot of Cowboys fans that are pissed at us for you know trading him to them because they think of them <laughs> as their biggest competition. Which you know, um, obviously they had trouble with the, the Eagles, so they have right. to deal with some of their own issues. But you know, I, I don't blame them. You know, the 49ers now, I I think have got to be because the NFC East isn't that impressive, or and I'm sorry, the NFC in general in comparison to the AFC this year to me. No one's really jumped out as being like this dominant team. You know, right. Eagles have looked pretty decent, but also gotten very lucky with calls in the last three weeks. Um, and so I mean, the 49ers are right up there. They've had some miscues over the last couple of weeks, but um, you know, this will shore up some of their defense, which could help you know them greatly. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. But I will. I appreciate the extended time that you've given us this week. Um, and it's been fun to talk about a victory again. And um, hopefully we uh, will run the ball and have screen passes both in the <laughs> same game against Seattle and maybe see if that can uh, be a recipe for success. Uh, but hope that you have a great show this week. Um, and uh, it's been fun talking to you like always. 
Yes, sir. It has been fun. And yeah, hopefully they can put something together and keep the ball rolling here. Um, these these games they got coming up are winnable. Um, there's a lot of winnable ones. So we'll see if they can continue the momentum that they were able to grasp and, and keep the ball rolling here. Yeah, for sure. Anyone that wants to know more about Dujano, you can always check him out. He's now on Twitch. Uh, I'm his latest moderator over there, not Bland21. Uh, so I will do a shout out uh, following command uh, for that. Um, one. Uh, and so you could just click the little heart over there. We're trying to obviously build towards affiliate on that. Uh, but you can find him on all different platforms. Um, and the links are in the show notes, also in the uh, Facebook um, description. It's also in chat here live on Twitch. But also, if you go to sportsothp.com, click podcast partners and click the not bland show. Uh, you can get that there. Also, under uh, Team Sports OTHP, uh, if you scroll down to Dijonet, you have all of his links for all of his great stuff that he does. So, thank you so much, Dijonet, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. No problem, man. Enjoyed it. Have a good show. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to bring in uh, Rune and Tim, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of general football, and then we'll get into some uh, basketball action as well. Um, let me just change the logo real quick. Uh, but with that, I'll ask Tim, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, not too happy about that Wizards game, but uh, yeah, I guess we, I'll know post- they, we know what they are at this point. But yeah. yeah, great, great week of NFL. Yeah, I'm gonna put the scoreboard up. I've I've been hiding it the entire show yeah, because yeah. there's not a whole lot to you know be excited about there. You can see the score was one forty six to one twenty eight uh, in the final. Um, um, More and, bad defense. Uh, yeah, a lot of bad defense. Speaking of bad bad defense, Houston Rockets just defeated Sacramento Kings one twenty two to ninety seven uh, according to Scorebot, um, and uh, so that's. Uh, not a lot of defense there, um, um, allowing 122 points, although we can't really speak. In regulation, we allowed 146 points, uh, which is just kind of remarkable when you think about it. Um, impressively bad. Uh, but uh, before we get into that, I do want to talk to Tim about the Ravens because it is um, very much a topic that's an interesting in my mind. Rarely do the Ravens and the Commanders play the exact same team back-to-back weeks. Um, and in this case, they do that uh, playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, what did you gain f- uh, from watching that game that you think uh, Washington could use to their advantage? I would say this year, uh, Seattle looks like they're a pretty good team. They're they're still leading that division, but they turned the ball over a little bit too much. Uh, Geno Smith has thrown a couple bad interceptions um, this year and had some fumbles and I heard uh, some talk that maybe if he doesn't stop turning it over um, they might go to drew lock eventually because the defense maybe statistically isn't great after this week, but it's still solid and they can run the ball and um, they do have good receivers, but yeah, I would say turnovers are there are a problem for their offense because they're not extremely explosive. Yeah, I'll bring in Arun now. Well, Arun, what are some of your thoughts um, uh, after we've defeated New England and what can we do to sort of roll with some of this momentum and and somehow try to copy a little bit about what the Ravens did against Seattle? Because Seattle's always been a tough place for us to play. 
Yeah, um, I don't think Seattle playing on the East, going from East to playing the East Coast, I think maybe that had some effect, but the Ravens' defense just shut down Seattle, and Geno Smith looked kind of pedestrian. So if uh, Washington's defense is up to the challenge, then they can play well. But the Patriots, uh, I don't know what they were doing. They only gave Ramondre Stevenson the ball nine times, and he had like 90 yards. I don't know why they... I, I don't know why they weren't giving him the ball more, but maybe Washington crowded the box or they took something away. Mac Jones was pretty bad. And give credit to Washington taking a team on the schedule, but the Patriots, maybe they're trying to lose games because I heard that they didn't even play their best corners to start off the game. So we'll see how it goes going forward for um, they can build momentum because Howell looks solid at times. He do, did throw... A bad interception, as Dijonet just mentioned, but um, it's good that he kind of played better to close out the game. Yeah. Sticking with uh, talking about the commanders real quickly, because I've gotten uh, Dijonet and Hurst thoughts on this, but I'll get yours too, Arun. What are your thoughts on our offensive line? You know, do you think that, that we've been able to fix some things, or do you think it's been a, a bit of like luckier matchups? Um, I think they're doing better than they were to start the season. They definitely weren't giving up like six or seven sacks. Um, and maybe that's maybe Howell's getting a little bit better accustomed to the play design, but uh, I don't really know if it was just New England was just bad or like, um, it's hard to say because like against the Eagles, like how like he was getting sacked. There's some teams that just like, they give up like seven or eight sacks in a game and that's just unacceptable. So let's see how they do in Seattle where like the 12th man is. And that's a big test to see if the offensive line is really improved or if it's just, uh, if it's just one week where they did ignore the issues against a really bad new England team. Yeah. I hope that they fix it. Cause it's been a huge weakness for us throughout this um, season and games where we allow those crazy number of sacks, you know, we have a pretty terrible record, but on the games where we protect better, we seem to play a lot better, which is, I mean, obviously no surprise, uh, but uh, it seems to definitely be a significant factor in wins and losses. Um, Tim, any other thoughts on uh, the commanders uh, before we switch gears? No, I'll just comment on the trades real quick. Um, I think, I, I think the, the consensus is they're pretty smart because finally you get picks guaranteed instead of waiting for compensation picks. And also, you get the picks a year early. So, I can understand why they did it. Um, I think it's a little disappointing that you would give up on players that are drafted that highly. But at the same time, you're not going to pay them. And they're a little disappointing um, for where they were picked. So, I think they'll probably do well on their new teams. But, um, yeah, it, it was a better move. And I think... Daniel Snyder probably wouldn't have allowed that to happen. So, yeah. Arun, what are your thoughts on on the moves? Um, it didn't feel like uh, I was surprised to trade both of them, but I guess if they're going to get um, compensation for both, and they weren't going to end up keeping even, I don't think they were going to keep Chase Young and Sweat. I think they got a second round pick. I think Young, um, him taking him second overall it's ultimately I guess at the time it was like a good pick but it's turned out not to be like a really good pick at all like 
considering that they could have traded down and taken somebody else, but it is what it is. And you kind of just have to let it go. And I don't think he really wanted to be here just based on the comments he made. And yeah, San Francisco is a better team, but I don't like, I sweat has definitely gone around um, it a lot better. And Chase Young's dad apparently called in the radio and he was making fun of the commanders. So I don't really think um, he was just chasing sacks and not really containing the pocket and, maybe a better defensive coordinator can get more out of him. Um, and there's, I don't know, like uh, that that's definitely a position that could be addressed. And that's maybe why Chase Young struggled, but I don't think either way he wasn't getting it done here and it's better to get compensation rather just overpay him based on potential than results. Yeah. Cause there's still a question mark about the injury. And I agree with you. I, I've been struggling with his ability to contain. I, I appreciate, you know, his ability to get sacks and get up the field. But I mean, it's, we're in a mobile quarterback generation, right? It's in a very different time, you know, where it's not just people just sitting back and picking you apart. So he's got to be able to contain people. It's part of the job now. And I just don't know if he's consistently shown that he's able to do that. Um, and um, I do want to just take a quick look at the live uh, leaderboard, see if I can get this up there correctly. Um so you can see right up there, I am still uh, number one, uh, tied with Tommy Dykus, my father-in-law, uh, and Champ. Uh, and then the Hurt is one game back, uh, tied, and then Dujanay is two games back, and um, also so is Sith. And then Arun, you are four games back. So it's all very close uh, at the top, but it's been a, a fun uh, competition uh, in our fantasy uh, pick'em league Um the whoa that is a circus catch sorry uh yeah keenan allen that was a amazing catch and he's talking trash to the death (laughs) fans which i love so yeah oh and then right after is they allow for a sack which is hilarious um so uh it's 17 to 6 in this game but yeah basically one-handed pulls it in circus catch and he gets on yep his back um and uh, he spins around and catches it. Uh, wow, that level of concentration is pretty impressive. And to hold on to it through uh, going out of bounds. It's second and 13 now. There's about just under 11 minutes left in this fourth quarter. Uh, really rough first half for the Jets. But the Jets are kind of hanging in there. Um, interesting. He's one of two chargers with 10,000 uh, receiving yards. Um, so we'll see here. Um it's an out route, uh, but it gets out of bounds. Uh, the clock still goes though, because uh, oh wait, the clock does stop, but but it starts with uh, the play clock again. It's third and thirteen. All right, um, I'll ask you, twenty of you guys, any other Tim, any other thoughts you want to share about the Ravens win this week? Well, it was a great, another great win. I think, like Arun said, having a West Coast team come to the East Coast at one o'clock after daylight savings is a little, it, it, it's a, a big advantage. I think the Ravens are clearly better, but I loved how they uh, ran the ball um, in the second half. And um, they, they have a, a, probably a new running back and his dad, Anthony Mitchell um, played on the first Ravens Super Bowl team. And they're both undrafted, uh, undrafted players. So it's great to see that um father and son and kind of a weird a weird connection of not being drafted they probably should have been clearly but 
that was cool to see. Yeah. Not catch up, Pokemon. Um uh Arun, do you have any other thoughts on the, the Ravens game? No, not really. It's just um I I don't think the Ravens are definitely that better, but I don't think they're like I don't think Seattle's that bad either. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully they are though. Maybe hopefully they carries over, but I don't think they were going to continue leading the division, the NFC West over the 49ers. So I don't, but I don't think they're this bad either. Like the Cardinals played the Ravens tougher than Seahawks. Yeah. What are your thoughts going into um, this commanders game versus Seattle? Uh, we talked about not being able to have a good running game and screen game in the same game. Do you think that they finally do that? Or do you think Seattle uses the get right game as most teams do against us? I, I don't think Seattle's defense, they didn't look that impressive against the, um, like even the previous, like their defense can be like thrown upon. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Kenneth Walker, I guess, having a big game and as far as like them being in the backfield, but maybe um, like since Ramondi Stevenson had a big game, but Geno Smith, I think the key is just keying in on him and making sure like Tyler Lockett and, um, they don't get going. They also have a couple other DK Metcalf, and I forget what the rookie's name. He's good, and so just making sure to see Seattle's passing game doesn't get into full gear because Geno Smith kind of regressed the mean this week. We'll see what happens next week, though. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that we've talked uh, NFL for long enough. We're gonna switch gears and talk about the NBA. Um, been a rough week for the Wizards. I'm going to go through some of these scores. Let me see if I can swap screens real quickly and we can get a live scoreboard up. Um, let me do a couple of things behind the scenes. But yeah, this game, as you can see, you know, live, you're checking on Twitch. 146 points allowed is pretty atrocious defense. Um, uh, so, you know, it's something that we got to do a lot better in going forward. Let me see if this button works, and then I click this over here, and exit, and make you guys a little bit larger, like that. Cool. All right, so um, we have got, uh, sorry, let me go back to the Wizards schedule. So we had a couple of games this week. Um, we played... Uh, Last week we talked about the Celtics and the Wizards game, and then we played the Hawks. Um, so that'll be the next game that I talk about. Uh, the Wizards actually played pretty good in the first quarter, outscored them thirty to twenty-five. Uh, Atlanta then came roaring back, outscored them by 13, 34 to twenty-one, outscored them by nine in the third, put up about forty points on them. Uh, the Wizards put 39 points up in the fourth quarter, but it still allowed 31. And by that point, the damage had kind of been done. And it was uh, a 130 to 121 victory uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. I'll start off with you, Tim. What are some of your thoughts on this game? I don't think this game was quite as close as it looks on the final scoreboard because the Wizards uh, just won the fourth and a lot of it was like garbage time. So I don't. I'm not going to say this is a game that the Wizards should win because Atlanta is definitely a better team, but um, they're not, they haven't, you know, they're not exactly dominant. They haven't been killing it uh, early this year. So I thought the Wizards would be a little bit more competitive. Again, it's just 
they have such bad defensive lapses um, that they can't really survive. Uh, and they, they've been playing a lot of guys, which is nice because you want to see the rookie like Koulibaly play a lot and some of the young guys get more seasoning, get more time on the court. But just a lot of guys in and out, it's hard to put up a consistent effort. And we've only, you know, they only have one win. Even that game was kind of up and down. It's just really hard for them to find consistency. And um, they're, you know, they're going to be underdogs and lose a lot of games like this. For sure. Or what are some of your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, Bagur, Tim, the game wasn't even that close. Like, just like the, the Wizards, like, end of game lineup where they played the Scrubs versus the Scrubs, like, they, they dot, they've been, they dominate and, like, the Wizards are going to lose a lot of games this season. Some people had the Wizards winning 30 games. Right now, that's looking way too high and they don't really even have the, like, Kyle Kuzma's not even, like, he's, like, probably the worst, best player on, like, every single team in the league. And maybe, like, I don't think this is a Wes Unsell thing. I think that this is just a roster construction, considering also Daniel Gafford in play is probably just going to be a loss. I didn't think I realized that 14 players are now active on an NBA roster. I, I thought it was less than that, but... Like everyone played in this game for the Wizards, it seems like it's just, and it's kind of crazy that like everyone seemed to have scored in this game, but yet we still, you know, defensively allowed 130. You know, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And just looking at how many people got playing time in this game, it's just kind of rare. Um, but that, that's a trend too. They do that a lot. Like they play like 13, 14 guys. Yeah, I'm not yeah, because sure. the games are already over by the end of the fourth. <laughs> a lot, lot of mop up duty. <laughs> yeah, it's just really interesting, though, you know, like, because, I mean, they're getting double-digit even minutes in here, you know what I mean? They're pretty far down. Well, on the I don't roster. think, like, they're they're playing a deeper rotation anyways, because I don't think Koulibaly, like, he's not really, really ready, in, but they're just playing him because he's a young guy and the Wizards aren't going anywhere. But, like, look at his line. He only had five points and three assists and, like, 28 minutes. minutes. He's, like, yeah. an 18-year-old rookie or 19, so you let him – play through it and that's kind of what like whenever they bring in like him it kind of falls apart like they get out to these like leads in the first quarter and it kind of falls apart and Jordan Poole uh, 13 points zero rebounds and one assist not a great line for him <laughs> and he threw a off the backboard uh dunk to Kuzma and they're down by like 20 points which is pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah I saw that that was pretty funny <laughs> um yeah it's just that was his one assist i guess <laughs> yeah there it is yeah that's true <laughs> um all right we're gonna go into this next game which is kind of interesting because it's part of this nba in-season tournament um which basically there's new divisions for each of the conferences and you play four games uh which are the kind of the early round games and it's split up over a couple of months and then uh, it kind of reseeds those teams and the top seeds advance and the bottom seeds will then play each other um, again because they all play the same number of games, even if you're playing a tournament uh, and even if you lose uh, in the earlier rounds. Um, and then the only game that doesn't count towards your regular season standing is the championship game. But Arun, let other people know, is there any other information that people should know going into this in-season tournament? 
Yeah, they're definitely doing this to to get more ratings and like after I think there's a new TV deal coming up, so they're definitely trying to get bring in more eyeballs and every team. There are like five teams in a group, and uh, like the Wizards, I don't remember which group they're in, but Miami's in their group, and um, basically the some of the tiebreakers include just like wins and losses and also point differentials. So that at the end of this game, we saw Miami. Uh, having to put back their starters and even the the Wizards went on like a kind of run again with their their great great end of game lineup and Miami's um I guess they wanted to get a bigger point differential even though it didn't really show up in the end and um I think it it the other than this game there were some quality quality games I think teams were trying a little bit harder and some teams are calling it like a playoff atmosphere like so it was definitely um more exciting and i think but it'll get more interesting when they're not just every team is in it when there's actually like elimination then it'll be probably more exciting yeah um tim any other thoughts before we get into the scoring in this game no, I was just reading this funny blog post about this game, and it started by saying, start the garbage gang. And the garbage gang includes uh, Koulibaly, um, Ryan Rollins, Bilal Koulibaly, and the third is Omaruyi. So not exactly household names. You have a couple, like, journeymen, I guess, young guys. But, uh, you know, it's it's just they're playing against the other garbage gang team from the other side and that's sad that that's probably the best basketball that they've played a lot this year um they have had a lot of minutes together though so that's good and johnny davis uh still kind of sucks so that's not good to see but what a um, terrible pick i just don't understand yeah, i know that's it's not i kind of thought it was a pretty terrible pick when we did it and i don't know why everyone was so high on him i don't i don't see it i don't get it but Anyway, um, I'm kind of laughing because if you're watching live, you sort of see his haircut just cracks me the hell up. Like, yeah, it reminds me of Andre 3000, you know, like, hey, yeah, you know, era. Um, it's just what a ridiculous. Anyway, um, and he just does it for the NBA photo day. Yeah, so exactly. he, he like he just does it every year and then changes it right away. Yeah. Like just... to like mess with the promos. Yeah, it's just so crazy to me. Um, but but it works for him. He's seven rebounds and 20 points in this game. So uh, tied 34 all uh, in the first. Uh, Miami took a six-point lead at halftime, and then they just went on a tear in the third. Outscored him 41-27. And then the Wizards we were talking about in garbage time came back and actually outscored them 33-20 to uh, to make it somewhat reasonable. But um, just that third quarter just destroyed them again. I mean, I watched it, and it was it all started at the very beginning of the quarter where they just – Miami went on a big run, and it just completely deflated the Wizards. And you could just kind of see it, and it just um, – Anyway, uh, I'll let Tim give his thoughts on it. Yeah, just like we, we talked about, they have some really terrible stretches where they're playing they're playing some guys that normally they wouldn't, but they just want to get them minutes. And it's kind of crazy that their defense is so poor because, like we talked about, they play a lot of guys. So normally bad defense is often because people are tired and 
they're playing too many minutes and they're kind of just saving their energy for offense. But we have all these fresh guys. They just kind of suck. So that's the main problem. But it's sadly, I think this is how this season's going to go. I wish uh, we could tank for Wemby, but we've timed it one year too late. But that's, yeah, that's another story. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, very frustrating. Uh, Tim, what are your some of your thoughts on? All right, sorry, Ryan. What are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, again, the same thing. The Wizards just don't have like a good primary option, like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler didn't even shoot particularly well, but he got to the free throw line and like lived there. And I don't really think he played much in the fourth quarter. He still had twenty points, and uh, yeah, Denny had another good game, um, but again, Jordan Poole. Um, not good again and it was just like Kyle Kuzma I guess he had a pretty solid game but um just the benching it made this game a lot closer I think uh, the common theme for the Wizards is that if they're doing well in the first quarter they're probably going to struggle in the, the third quarter just like based on halftime adjustments and um Eric Spolstra's he's there's a reason he's like considered one of the best if not the best coach of the year and Miami was I think they're one and four heading into this game. So they needed to come out with a win. And this was the in-season. This was a kind of playoff game for them. So uh, considering it was the in-season tournament, so they showed up to play. Um, I was impressed a little bit by Gafford's block on Adebayo, but he needs to bring it for more than just like one quarter. He needs to bring it for a couple quarters and they don't have a good backup center. So they're going to lose a lot of games and Gafford is not on the court. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I'm still watching a commercial. There's a Thanksgiving horror movie. I've never heard of this before. It's kind of hilarious. They're getting um, desperate. Yeah, really desperate. Uh, it does not seem like anyway. Um, so I guess we can move on to the, the next game. But it, it's just it's just frustrating because I just don't feel like this is gonna be a very good year for us. And I just don't like I'm trying to figure out like the bright spots and what we're you know should be looking forward to. I, I everyone knew going into the 76ers game it was just gonna be a blowout. It's all that was gonna kind of talked about. You know they were predicted to win by at least 11, um, and, and they did more than that. I would I would have taken. That spread pretty easily too. Uh, Seventy Sixers started off strong, scored thirty three in the first. That score was thirty three to twenty four. In the second, they put up forty two points to our thirty four. In the third, both neither team played defense, but Seventy uh, Sixers put up forty five points uh, to the Wizards forty. And then in the fourth, in the garbage time, we always seem to win the fourth when it doesn't matter. Um, put up thirty points to the twenty six. But uh, Tim. What are your thoughts about this uh, horrible performance to the, I guess, 76ers? Yeah, the 76ers uh, have dominated the Wizards lately for the most part. There was a pretty competitive playoff series, but they won in five games. Um, Embiid scored, I think, 48 tonight. And if you look at this, he just kills the Wizards always because, again, only Gafford can sort of deal with them and not even really at all. So 48 points from the center position. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, And he's a great player, but you can't give up 48 to anybody and expect to win. And the Wizards shot 51%. They're off. They're shooting outside of um, a couple players 
was pretty good tonight. So what you're feeling good if you score 128 points on the road. I mean, that's usually going to get it done. It's just, again, atrocious defense. So they're playing a lot of guys and uh, just winning the garbage gang minutes like usual. So not a good recipe for winning an NBA game against a good team. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's frustrating. Uh, Arun, any other thoughts about this game? Yeah, Embiid was like, he in the first quarter, he kind of struggled, which is hilarious because Gafford had five blocks in the first quarter. But lo and behold, Gafford only had five blocks for the whole game. So he, I don't know, he'd like, I think he woke up Embiid in the third quarter. Embiid had 29 points. Oh my god! So I just like the. I think like he could have probably gotten like like maybe sixty, at least sixty, and maybe seventy if he had another quarter like that. But he wasn't allowed to play in the fourth quarter, obviously, the sportsmanship. So maybe like if Kobe was still alive, he'd be like, get back in the game <laughs> and just like dominate. But I, I was like, I I was like, I was kind of intrigued if Embiid was gonna come back and play, but even I like turned it off and just watched the rest of the recording because I assumed they were going to put him back in because he would have had, like, I'm pretty sure he would have had, like, 70 if he kept playing because he was angry at Gafford for the way that he was, like, guarding him because he had five blocks and he kind of woke him up. So, Gafford, next time, don't wake up uh, Joel Embiid, just kind of, like, play, like, if he's half asleep, just he's kind of like Michael Jordan, especially (laughs) against the Wizards. (laughs) Yeah, this is crazy to put up that kind of numbers. Um, the Jets are kind of driving. Uh, they're still down twenty to six. Um, they uh, the Chargers were able to get a field goal a few minutes ago. Um, and uh, wait, is that is that considered a fumble? I really was sure that that was deflected at the line of scrimmage, but they're letting them uh, play it out. There is a flag called potential fumble that may have been returned for a touchdown. We need and... to see the replay because you could never tell live, really. If yeah, it, if well, this guy's saying gone... that he may have gone out of bounds. So this is, we're going to hold it here and see what their uh, what the call is. Um, I really didn't think that it was a fumble. So that's where I'm coming from. All right, let's see if it's I'm going to laugh if they do their celebration for three oh, minutes. Oh, then... no, they were right. That He threw it with an empty hand. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh. You, can never, you can never tell live because, you know, you can't see if when exactly the ball came out. Wow. So it was – did he step out of bounds here? Oh, yep, right there. So they'll get it at the one yard line, but that's going to seal the deal in this game. Uh, cause basically this is Jets ha- had to try to win it here. So, um, it'll be first and goal for the chargers. Uh, that's a, ends up probably being the play of the game. Uh, cause if the Jets go down and score, make it a touchdown. Who knows? They still had two timeouts left, but now I think even a field goal kind of, finishes this game up all right let's take a look at the week ahead for the wizards um they've got some uh big games they have a game against the hornets on wednesday uh and then on friday they um play uh, against the hornets again but that one is an in-season tournament game that's crazy they have a back-to-back but one is 
a tournament game and the other is not. So they kind of got a tune-up game for the tournament game. And then on Sunday, they play the Nets. Um, so um, The biggest right. game of the year. <laughs> right. Um, so, and then for all next, the marbles. Right, and, and then the next Monday, they play the Raptors um, uh, in Toronto. Uh, that'll be a 7.30 start time for that one. Uh, so uh, I'll start off with you, Tim. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on this sort of uh, home and home against the Hornets where the second one, the one in Washington, is the one that really counts? At least I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, the Hornets are, are also, you know, towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. I, I don't think a lot of people expect them to make the playoffs this year. You would love if the Wizards could at least get a split in that home-to-home. Um, I think a split is fairly reasonable. It would be nice, especially to win the tournament game, just because I worry, you know, you don't want to go 0-5 or whatever in your first ever um, in-season tournament. So I'm going to I'm gonna say the Wizards, if they will get a win this week, it's probably going to be that Hornets game at home which uh, would be a nice one to get playoff atmosphere in DC for sure. Yeah. I guess this will be the Hornets first game in this, um, in the in-game tournament, all the other teams in, we are in East group B if you're watching live. Uh, so he right now are uh, leading because they have a slightly higher point differential. Uh, and then the bucks are right behind them. The Knicks, then wizards, then Hornets. So it'll be a, a big game. Um, especially you kind of have to beat the Knicks and the Hornets because you're probably not going to beat the Heat and the Bucks um, to even have a chance of trying to advance in this. Um, and then um, uh, I guess my other question is, do you have any thoughts on the Nets and the Raptors games? Uh, I know. Okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. Uh, the Nets, just the Dinwiddie versus Kuzma, that's going to be the highlight for me of the season because they were in a beef. And, like, Dinwiddie says that Kuzma doesn't care about winning, and Kuzma said, call them din shitty. So it's a big game. That's it. That's it. That's, like, probably, like, the, the Wizards will probably try and game plan, go to sleep early and play that game. <laughs> and right. it's a 3 o'clock game, so they'll go to sleep at maybe 7 or 8, 8 p.m. like Joe Burrow apparently does. It's a three o'clock on a Sunday game. Is that is that nationally televised? What is that? Why is that even then? I don't even know. Um, but uh, and then I, I guess I'll get Arun. What are your thoughts on that Raptors game? Uh, the Raptors are kind of like they just had a overtime game against Wemby that they're able to uh, win. Um, wins. Uh, Scotty Barnes has been playing well, and they got rid of Nick Nurse, who just. Uh, destroyed the Wizards at the Sixers, so uh, the Wizards would probably lose that game at Toronto, given that they usually struggle. And now they, now they have Jordan Poole, who's I don't expect him to have like thirty points against the Raptors. And remember, when he's supposed to lead the league in scoring, it's not happening. So, so let's. I think that that's probably the most likely loss of the week is the Monday game against the Raptors, especially on a back to back. Yeah. One question going back to the Hornets game. Do you think that there's an advantage to playing them, you know, at home for the tournament game and then playing in Charlotte 
uh, a couple of days before? Um, I don't know. Like usually, whenever I go to a Wizards Hornets game, there's a lot of Hornets fans at the Wizards game. So let's see if maybe the in season tournament will bring out more Wizards fans. Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, maybe the, the Wizards play well on Wednesday. Maybe they can drum up some home court, but. I don't know what it's like at the Wizards like games right now. So, like if they're a lot of fans showing up. <laughs> so you probably it is, uh, it is though they didn't they didn't even have good attendance for the home opener, so you can't be surprised, but Yeah. They're they're not selling a lot of tickets, so And I don't I don't blame I, I guess like people are complaining about DC fans, like they're supposed to be like the uh I guess like the Chicago fans, they continue to show up for losing teams, but the Wizards are just like, whatever, let's save our money for DC people, <laughs> which makes more sense, especially in these tough economic times. Save your money. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, Biden, Biden prices with those tickets, so you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, usually Arun and I try to go to a, a Wizards game, and uh, we're, we're going to go to a Capitals game together, <laughs> which I think is a better use of the money um so it's actually fun i don't think the three of us have ever gone to a hockey game together so um i'm kind of excited about uh that so if anyone is tuning in late or missed um the opening segment we're gonna have a live um podcast at the we're not we're not gonna do the podcast but a live get together with uh fans of the podcast at the caps game on the 18th Uh, so hopefully people will uh Join us there. We have a big group of people that's actually getting together. We're sitting with nine of us. There's three in the row behind us and then a bunch of other people, uh, including Grant Green, who I know from Scotland is flying over for the game. And, you know, so a lot of people. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to catching a different sport because I don't know. Arun, have you and I ever seen a hockey game together? I'm not sure if we ever have. No, Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, And Tim and I have seen... I think all the sports together at some point or another. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think so. All the major ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, that'll be fun because it's been, I don't know, a long time since I've seen a Caps game with you, Tim. So, uh, that, that should be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, many, many years. But I was supposed to go to yeah, the game after the, the, before the pandemic happened, <laughs> like before they shut down the sports. Oh, right. Game that the next that caps game my friend was he's actually it was funny he didn't want to go but then it ended up being canceled anyway yeah well i'm excited so went to the last event with tim to the wizards game we weren't scared <laughs> which was like, that's true yeah, you guys went risk. to like the like the last wizards game before the pandemic i want to say or something you know there was um, like tommy shepherd yeah our best friend there were like two people with masks and i was like what are those yeah i remember that that's crazy it's um it's bizarre that it's been three years already but uh, i'm excited to to go um with leslie and gill and c4 and so it should be a a fun group uh for sure Uh, i'm gonna end my screen share there um and uh we are gonna talk a little bit of baseball just for a second um let me see if i can get the uh mlb playoff graphic up and uh see get this one to go away so um i'm happy to announce there's a new champion um the texas rangers so i know that max uh, scherzer got hurt but i'm happy that he did get another championship and it's interesting uh since uh he started his career 
uh in arizona for him to win this championship in arizona i know was a kind of a full circle moment for him um and uh, i was just kind of i was happy um for their fans and and you know tim i know that you the orioles you know played them tough um they, they were a really good team this year what, what are your sort of your final thoughts on the texas rangers yeah, most of the year they played really well. And in the regular season, they, they had a dip towards the end of the year. And as we talked about, I think one or two weeks ago, they really blew the division to the Astros and played badly the last week. And nobody thought they were a huge threat in the playoffs, even though they have a ton of talent and a scary lineup. But in baseball, in the playoffs, you just need to be the hot team the top seeds lose all the time. Uh, you look at the top records this year, pretty much every team lost in their first round, like Braves, Orioles, and Dodgers all kind of shit the bed. So it's Texas got hot at the right time. I think they'll be good for a while. You know, they're willing to spend money, and they have a lot of rookies that stepped up. So they're going to be a force for a while. They finally won their first championship, I think, as a franchise, even in uh, – it's been decades. So, um, good for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough being an Orioles fan, seeing them lose. But you want to lose to the best, at least, not, you know, to someone that gets swept the next round. Yeah. Um, one interesting stat that I, I liked was uh, the Rangers' Will Smith – uh, won three consecutive World Series titles with three different teams. Um, and he actually didn't play that many games to do it. Um, says he was a reliever. Yeah, yeah just uh, a reliever. Yeah, it's, he knows how to pick them. So if he's yeah, a free agent, watch out. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting uh, stat. Um, Arun, any final thoughts on uh, the season of baseball? Uh no, just that the this was like the lowest rated like World Series TV ratings ever. It was a nightmare matchup as far as TV ratings go. The NBA they had a nightmare matchup and their ratings weren't as bad. So I guess it's baseball. So maybe like these top teams getting knocked out. That's probably could be bad for ratings because they were like hyping up the Orioles like before the playoffs, even from a national perspective and. Um, it's not, I guess, not even the race, like all these top teams, they just kept losing, like the Braves and the Nationals. I think the Phillies, they would have gotten more ratings too if they had gotten in. Uh, but it, like people just weren't tuned in. And I also kind of tuned out once Max Scherzer got injured and it was like a 3 1 series lead. And I didn't even really, I when it was 3 1, I just seemed like the Diamondbacks won game because I but then the the Rangers won and there was like no nobody was really talking about it until the next day I just like checked I was like oh and the series world series is over so uh I guess it's good that these hot teams any team can win but if people aren't watching I don't know what baseball is gonna do maybe like we'll see what happens like going forward I gotta give the Texas Rangers a lot of credit. They won eleven road games in a row. 
uh, all of them. They didn't lose a single road game in this thing, which I was always impressed by the Nationals. They actually won eight road games, I believe, in a row and are top five all time in that statistical category in their big run uh, to the World Series. But 11, just never to lose on the road is just a really impressive stat in my book. And um, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting that I put out there as well. Um, uh, so it's got a minute 30 left. The Jets have the ball, but they're now down 27 to 6. So I think this game is pretty over. And I think that this podcast is pretty over as well. I don't have a whole lot more, but I'll let uh, Tim uh, give his final thoughts. Anything you want to let people know about before uh, we end the show? No, great show. Very excited about the Caps game with a huge group. It'll be nice to meet people and hang out with old friends. So. I'll see you guys soon and uh, have a good one. Yeah, you got a big game coming up against the Browns this weekend. Uh, hopefully, um, yeah, it's gonna be th- tough. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting matchup. At least it's in Baltimore, so hopefully that uh, suits you guys well. I can't believe you guys get three home games in a row. That's interesting. Um, you know, against the Seahawks, so, the the Browns, and the Bengals, right? Yeah, weird schedule because there were a lot of road games early. And so I think the Ravens still have like seven home games left, which is nice. Yeah. They, take actually end, they end the season with uh, the last two games on the at home as well um, against the Steelers and the Dolphins. Uh, so interesting to see how they do and um, hopefully they'll continue to play well. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah. Thanks really guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have yeah. a good night. Talk soon. Bye. All right. Arun, any final thoughts before we let you go? Um. No, not really. Just saw James Harden made his debut with the Clippers, or I guess I, I debut as far as I know. He played against the Knicks, so good to see him back in action. And um, I had a podcast episode last week, so maybe I'll get back into doing it. Um, so uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, real quickly, while I still have you on, uh, what was the podcast on this week? Uh, it's like it was about just the Wizards and and football and some Commanders talk. Cool. Well, if you want to listen to more, it's uh, Anchor.fm slash Hey Arun. Uh, I put the link in uh, in chat. You can also uh, check out uh, the link on the podcast, uh, our Team Sports OTHP links on sportsothp.com. And I'll be sure to add the link in the show notes this week as well. But Arun, thank you for joining us as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sure. Thanks for having me on. All right. With that, I think that we are uh, about to wrap it up. I am going to end our Facebook live segment there um, and uh, our audio podcast. And then I'll talk to the Twitch people for just a couple of moments. Um, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in on Facebook and listening in on the audio podcast. Uh, This has been episode 320. Uh, Capitals did get their historic thousandth uh, franchise win. We didn't talk about it a lot uh, in the hockey segment, but uh, they are one of the fastest teams in history to get to a thousand wins uh, at home. And uh, so that congratulations to them. Uh, hopefully they'll continue to have um, more Ovechkin goals and more wins in the upcoming week. Uh, big week uh, for the uh, Wizards as well as we've highlighted their four upcoming games and of course the Commanders have a g- big game uh, in the afternoon against Seattle uh, so uh, hopefully all those go well and I really appreciate everyone for tuning in live uh, on uh, all the different platforms and uh, with that 
Uh, let's go Caps. Let's go Wizards. Let's go Commanders. And we'll talk to you next week. And uh, uh, for episode 321, hope you have a good one. We're DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast. have a concept you have a great concept you guys are doing it man and it's a it's an honor for me to just be you know a small rock man in your mountain i'm gonna pop a top in your honor mr doc walker blessed us with his presence and now we want to welcome in our next special guest Haley skarupa she's a three-time world champion in women's ice hockey and most recently won olympic gold with team usa the Cap Stadium Series is definitely my favorite, obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network.